I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hey there, and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. Remember, if you would like to get rid of ads, you can do that for just $6 a month or $60 a year. Actually, no, wait, $40 a year for this week's Christmas special. $40 a year for ad-free Practical Stoicism episodes, which is 365 episodes a year, which means I'm selling you ad-free episodes for Carry the Six, Do a Quadratic Equation, Divide by Infinity, 11 cents per episode. So go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to sign up before 11.59 p.m. on Christmas Day, because after Christmas, it goes up to the normal price of, I guess, 16 cents an episode. But even if you don't, even if you can't, I love you. I'm glad you're here. And today we're covering Meditation 31 of Book 4, which reads as follows. Love the art, poor as it may be, which thou hast learned, and be content with it and pass through the rest of life like one who has entrusted to the gods with his whole soul all that he has, making thyself neither the tyrant nor the slave of any man. Marcus is cutting us to the quick this morning. Stoicism is not a philosophy of financial wealth nor of opulent possessions. In fact, there is a reasonably good chance as a Stoic that recognizes the lack of inherent good or bad in money or things you may never have too much of either. And maybe that's going to make you go, oh man. But in light of the holiday season and the overzealous consumerism that tends to get us all caught up in things related to income and physical possessions, I wanted to talk about money today. And Marcus has given me the perfect jumping off point. Marcus says, love the art, poor as it may be, which thou hast learned. He's talking about philosophy potentially specifically about Stoic philosophy, about how it is a humble and simple thing to practice and describe to, but I want you to replace philosophy with life. Your life is a poor thing, a humble thing, a thing that could end at any moment and which is followed by nothing we can be sure of. Not heaven, not a cloud kingdom in the sky, not fresh life started anew, just darkness, just a return to the void. We're here, on earth, going about our days as we please, and to fixate on the numbered nature of those days is to invite anxiety and fear 
for most of us. We don't want to imagine that all of this, poor and fragile as it is, could end abruptly or at all. We put things in the way of those thoughts. We put things between ourselves and any extended time spent on thoughts of our mortality, building up what becomes an efficient buffer of distractions and focuses that are superficial and possessed of such slight value that all it takes for us to realize our own bullshit is to be alone for a long enough time with our thoughts and none of those distractions. No doubt you felt this truth. Perhaps you've had a bout of insomnia while staying over at a friend's house. Everyone is asleep, your phone is dead, and you're just lying there, thinking. Or maybe there are nights where you've had too much to drink, at your own party, and hours after your friends have gone home, you're sitting alone, in a chair, with a bottle of whiskey or what have you, and a sinking feeling that you can't quite articulate. There's nothing present in moments like these that isn't also present in every other moment of your life. But there are a few things absent. The distractions, the noise, the mind games we play with ourselves to avoid seeing what's always there. Seconds dropping off a clock with a dying battery. And the avoidance of this recognition costs us a lot. We ruin relationships to chase our distractions. We sacrifice our youth We pass so many interesting paths off the main one because we're terrified of wasting time exploring something deep and genuine and meaningful. If we head off in that direction, on that side road, if we chase after that thing over there that we think we might really like, we'll never reach the goals we think are important to us. The goals we trust are at the end of that main path we're on. We've got to get there. We've got to get to those goals. I think when Marcus says, Love the art poor as it may be, that what we could imagine he's talking about is whatever practice it is that allows us to cut through the cavalcade of illusions and distractions that we've created for ourselves and ride around as part of so that we can see this truth. We've all got the same thing as everyone else in the end, a single life, and no amount of money or wealth or things is going to change what happens at the end. So maybe we should trust that bit to whatever idea of God or fate or cosmic wisdom we ascribe to, and focus instead on those things we really want to do with our time, and make sure the things we want to do with our time are actually worthwhile. Things that help. Things that survive us. Things that leave those we leave behind with the tools and strength to do the same for the ones they'll leave behind one day. The reason I'm so in love with this philosophy of Stoicism is because of what it has shown me I can do for others. For me, I can help others to realize what I've realized. Not just that we're here to die. I mean, sure, in part, we are here to die. Rather, we are here and we will die. But mostly, we're here to live and to help others do the same. Death is just one moment maybe less than one moment, of all the moments we're here for. Dying takes no time at all, but living takes a lifetime. And we are so lucky that we've got all that time, no matter how much or little that time is, because it's always far longer than the second it takes to die. It's amazing that we've got all that time to do good and to become good. I think that is one of the most beautiful things I've ever encountered that we've got such a long run-up to that final moment in order that we might spend it well. But we will not spend it well 
if we spend all of it distracting ourselves from the truth and inevitability of death, the very thing that inspires us to avoid what is shallow and to go deep instead, to take those trails off the main path, to explore and to invest time in ourselves and others instead of in money and stuff. Setting light, faint scene, go forth, if right, to good death I deem. But if good be dearth, same earth, same song, you'll go forth still, but you'll go as wrong. This holiday season, I want you to face the reality of your mortality, and I want you to see it as the only realization truly capable of empowering you to prioritize meaning in your life, the good sort of meaning, the sort the Stoics wanted us to have, the sort that finds us wanting to help others, to help ourselves, to do right, and to do good. I'm not saying you can't buy things. I'm not saying you can't enjoy receiving gifts. I'm just asking you to look past the gifts, past the receipts, and into the eyes of the people in your life. Look at them. Appreciate them. Do more for them than presents. Be more to them than wealthy or accomplished. Be more to yourself than driven and successful. If you can manage to make a habit of this, not just during the holiday season, but in all seasons of your life, you will never be a slave to bosses or money, and you will never become a tyrant to others in pursuit of your goals, which can sometimes be possessions and money. Be present with your fellow human beings. Be present with yourself. You're here to die, in a way. Don't forget but you have got a lot of good living to do before that last moment. And I know if you keep that last moment ever in your mind, you will do a lot of good in your life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. A quick reminder that you can get rid of ads all year for just $40 by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. Also, while I know that some of you will be disappearing for the holidays, I will be here creating new episodes all December through. But if you're going on vacation and you'll miss those episodes, you can catch up on them when you get back. And until then, take care. Take care.